All right, it is Wednesday, June 1st, Bears Nation podcast. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka. And there's not a lot going on, so we are going to do positional rankings in the division, how the Bears stack up against the other three teams in the division. We'll break it down. Kevin made some lovely new graphics that we'll put up on the screen during our discussion. It'll be fun. It'll be good. I'm sure we'll agree on completely everything. So that being said, Kevin, should we get into it and just start? Well, I'm sure we're starting with quarterbacks, I assume. Yeah, let's get into it. We're going to do all, all the offensive position groups first, then all the defensive position, positional groups. But actually, I, I think we're pretty close on everything. You know, you send me your text so I can put together the graphics. We're pretty close on where we have the Bears amongst the rest of the NFC North. But as far as the other teams, there's a lot of differences as far as where you put the other teams. So I think we might have a similar idea of where we think the Bears stack up against, but maybe not as much when it comes to, you know, how you evaluate the Vikings, how you evaluate the Lions and the Packers. So, But let's jump right into it. I've got these slides here. So we're going to start with QB and this one as no surprise to anyone, we have exactly the same. And I, if you asked anyone, no matter if you are a fan of the lions, maybe if you're a fan of the Vikings, you might have an issue with this just because Vikings fans are crazy. They're not as crazy as lion fans uh, or Packers fans, but I think obviously consensus number one is Aaron Rodgers, And then number two is Justin Fields. And I think that is a completely, completely valid thing to say. Now the statistics don't back that up because of what Kirk Cousins has done in the past. And well, you know, his, his yardage is better and he's thrown more touchdowns and he, and he's more of a veteran, but I have Justin Fields at two, Aaron Rodgers at one. Kirk Cousins at three, Jared Goff at four. You have the exact same thing. Defend yourself, Jake Hassan, to the Lions fans and the Vikings fans that you know will watch this video and pop in the chat and, you know, throw their hate comments. So what do you have to say about this? Yeah, I mean, it's – we're going from just straight, you know, not putting in the receivers, not putting in the offensive line. Like, this is straight one, you know, pound per pound performance. And, I mean, I'm a, the captain, the president of the Kirk Cousins stinks – Fan club, a club here, and he's just not good. But I think Vikings fans are starting to kind of acknowledge that and come around that Kirk Cousins isn't the guy that's going to get you anywhere. Um, is this a little biased because it's a Bears pod and we're banking on Justin Fields' potential? Yeah, probably a little bit. Um, I think the most indisputable thing here is that Rodgers is wanting golf is four. I think yeah. the only disputable thing here is where you put Cousins and Fields. Maybe you want to tie them, sure. Um, but I mean, I give Fields a slight edge just because you expect that we know what Kirk Cousins is. You expect that year one to year two jump for Justin Fields, who showed those flashes, especially against the Ravens and against the Steelers and that stretch of three, four games in the middle of the season where he played great and showed a lot of that ceiling mm -hmm. that far exceeds the ceiling we've seen from Kirk Cousins. I mean, the Vikings are basically done with Kirk Cousins. They were trying to, you know, rumors of them trying to get rid of him over yeah. the offseason, you know, with a new coach, new regime. So. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. Uh, I don't want to hear the Kirk Cousins, you know, soapboxes. Keep them. Put, it, put it away. I don't want to hear it either. And, like, yeah, he throws for a lot of yards. Yeah, he has some big games. Like, all of a sudden, you know, one day Kirk Cousins will throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns out of nowhere, and he puts up, like, 38 fantasy points, and everyone's like, well, like, is Kirk Cousins a waiver wire option? Like, do we pick him up? Like, things like that narrative gets thrown around, like, twice a year. But the bottom line is, like – uh, that's great, right? That's great. Jared Goff can have those stat lines as well. I mean, we've sure. seen Jared Goff have those stat lines in the past, but the difference, what, what I think the major difference just between Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins is what has Justin Fields already done under pressure? Like you've looked at those pressure moments and the one that stands out is the Monday night football game against the Steelers. You look at the primetime games, even against Green Bay, where the where Justin played relatively well, the Bears took an early lead and the defense kind of let him up. They ended up allowing 45 points in that game, but Justin and the offense uh, put up 30. 
um, or so. Like that's the difference to me right now between Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields is the fact that I think Justin Fields has an it factor that Kirk Cousins doesn't, and I think that is indisputable. Like, oh you, you yeah, know, I mean, Kirk you know, Cousins, yeah. you can count at the end of the game. You know, game on the line. Kirk Cousins is going to throw an interception. Like you, you can yeah. count on that more times than not. Eighty percent of the time, eight times out of ten, that's what's happening. I mean, right. every time. So yeah, I agree with you. And those things matter. Like you, you can yeah. have, you know, and look, and look, there's a reason the Vikings haven't won anything since exactly. Case Keenum. There's a, exactly. there's a reason you look at their offensive weapons, you look at their offensive prowess, you look at their rankings and you know, their top 10 in yards their top 10 in rushing yards. Cause they have a really good running back, right. but those things aren't equating to wins. And most of the time when you have a really good supporting cast and you have really good numbers and you're not equating to wins, it's for two reasons. Obviously your defense can be really bad, which theirs is, you know, not great. And we'll get to the defensive positional rankings later, but, or it's because your quarterback's holding you back in the biggest moments. And that's why I say you can have a team with better talent and be worse than a team with lower talent, but a better quarterback because of how much the quarterback can elevate your team and how much those, those, you know, moments matter. Like we looked at the, we, when we did our schedule breakdown that never came uh, to a podcast, if, if those who are listening to this in podcast form, sorry, we haven't released an episode. We've had tech issues and Jake was in Portugal. How was that Jake? You were traveling. Was that was awesome. Tremendous. It was great. That was it was tremendous. Good. It, was yeah. good. it was good to uh, unwind for a little bit. But we were talking about one-score losses and some of the ones that the Bears had last year and how having a good quarterback and having you know a quarterback who makes plays in those moments can can turn those one-score losses into one-score wins. And that's you know maybe that that's a plus three or minus three on each team schedule. Like Kirk Cousins and his woes in the late games could subtract three wins from the Vikings if he just doesn't throw a pick or he just doesn't you know screw up in the biggest moments. And if Justin Fields makes those plays in those final few moments and and under under the lights on prime time like that could elevate you to three more wins so that's why you know do the vikings have a better supporting cast i yes they do but the quarterback itself elevates the team and that's why you know when you think about projections and stuff is why i think justin fields is, is number two and and obviously rogers number one there's no debate we're not going to sit here and tell you justin fields is above aaron Rodgers. we're not there yet maybe next year in two years you could have that conversation but certainly not right now so all right, we're right. good on quarterbacks. Let's move now. We're going to go to running backs. So this is where, you know, the rest of them, I think, get pretty interesting. Well, this one, we also have the same. So Vikings, number one, Packers, number two, Bears, number three, Lance, number four. We both have this. Pretty self-explanatory to you? Yeah, I mean, th I think you could make a case for the Packers to be one because they have two, like, solidly above average running backs. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, from a pure talent standpoint, nobody even touches Delvin Cook. Exactly. And that's what makes this like that's what makes these positional rankings interesting is like we are this is not just uh like for starting players. Like when we get to wide receiver, this is not just Darna Mooney versus Justin Jefferson versus sure, Amon right. Rosen Brown. Like this is a depth, this is positional rankings based off of depth. But you also have to consider how much weight you put on that guy who's really good. Like even though the depth of the Minnesota Vikings running back room might not be as good because Dalvin cook is just that good. It elevates them to be number one, but also Alexander Madison is a very, very good running back. Like, yeah. the, and, and Dalvin cook has been an injury ridden player, but when Alexander Madison has come in, he has been efficient and he has been productive. So the, I think it's a no brainer that the Vikings are number one. And then, you know, I would love to put the bears number two. I would love to do it because I do think Dave Montgomery is better than both Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, but just because those two are the tandem, are better. I have to put right. them at number two just because Kalu Herbert hasn't proved himself the way AJ Dillon has proved himself like he did last year. So that's just where I'm at as far as the depth there. But I will say, I want to put this on paper that 
although I have the Bears listed third here in their positional rankings, they will have the most rushing yards in the NFC North simply because they have a quarterback who's probably going to get you 800, 900. So, um, but it's not like three is bad here. Like this is a very, no, and very like this is, group. and I was going to say that like the margin, like the margins between each of these talents is like pretty thin. Like it's not a huge gap between right. like right. even the gap between Delvin cook and Alexander Madsen and the Packers duo, like it's not that huge. Even the gap between Montgomery and the Packers duo is not huge. Like even from the Lions mm -hmm. to the Vikings, like the gap between one and four is not that big. Like DeAndre Swift could be really, really good. Yeah. Uh, like this is arguably like the all around strongest out of the four teams. When you put them all together, this is the strongest room. Absolutely is. Absolutely is. So it's not like we put the Bears here in three. Oh, you know, it's a bad unit. Like, no, like the Bears, the, like I said, the Bears will, I think, it's have still the very good. In the NFC North. It's still very, very good. It's just that you have sort of that unproven depth when you think about, right. you know, Trent uh, Ebner. Uh, is it Trent Ebner? I always forget this guy's name. The guy from Baylor, the rookie. Um Ebner something. And then you obviously Khalil Herbert, who we think can blossom into something very, very important in year two, because we don't believe Dave Montgomery is going to be here after next year, potentially right. depending on the money that he wants. And if he understands the running back market, he shouldn't ask for too much, but I think Khalil Herbert's going to get an opportunity. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. And I think Dave Montgomery is going to be the lead back and have the most yards, but I think Khalil Herbert's going to be like right there behind him, similar to what you saw with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, right? Like, AJ yeah, Dillon right. was creeping up on Aaron Jones from yardage last year. And in the biggest moments, like when you were watching the Packers in the fourth quarter, now it's partially has to do with the fact of the way Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon runs. He's just a bruiser. He's going to get you a first down you need late in the game. But I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see Khalil Herbert get slotted in there more and more, more snaps, more reps, especially in bigger moments. Would you disagree? No, I mean, we saw Khalil Herbert earn a bigger role when he took over as the lead back when David Montgomery was hurt for a little bit. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think he showed potential. Okay, so quarterback, running back, pretty easy, right? I think I think yeah. most of the people in chat, most of the people who are watching this or listening to this would agree with the way we have we have slotted those and, and ranked those. And now let's go to the next one, which is where things get interesting. Wide receiver. And this is where we have our first differences here. And pretty different, actually. So me, I have the Vikings at number one. So do you. But I have the Lions at number two, Bears three, Packers four. You have Vikings one, Bears two, Packers three, Lions four. So let's start there. The re the thing that jumped out at me first is you have the Bears second over the Lions. What makes you want to, over the Packers and the Lions, I had the Bears third. What makes you put the Bears so high? Is that your confidence in Darnell Mooney or is it confidence in Byron so, Pingle or just the overall depth? So kind of in the way that the running back discussion was like, the margins between the teams were so razor thin because they were all so good. Mm -hmm. Two through four are just so bad. All of these, mm -hmm. like, all of these yeah. teams are just gross. Like, you can make a case either way. Any which, outside of the Vikings being the far and away clear cut number one with Jefferson and Thielen, yeah. like, and then and then a fifty feet of crap, and then everybody else. <laughs> it's just it's gross. Like, I was looking at this, I was like, man, this is disgusting. Like. I put the Bears, too, just because, A, Mooney, I think, is better than Lazard. And I think, I mean, who is even going to be number one for the Lions? Like, 
Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, that's Brown or DJ Chark. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like it, Darnell Mooney is so much better than those guys. I think Correct. Lazard will have a breakout because he has Rodgers and he's going to be the unquestioned number one. Oh, no. Like Rodgers. Come on. No. Like, uh, as far as a volume, as far as a counting sure, stats sure, 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 standpoint, sure. because what's Rodgers going to do? Throw to Randall Cobb, the corpse of Randall Cobb a million times? Like, yes, it, he will do just well, that. It's going to be my point being, though, like Lazard and Tanyan are going to be the unquestioned guys there. Yeah, so and that save that for our tight end conversation but like it's just so gross like you like i have no problem with the way you made this either i've like i could be convinced either way i guess it's just like darnell mooney i yes confidence in him i have confidence in Vito jones to use him all over the field um in different ways but i mean i could basically I just shuffled this and, like and spit it out randomly, basically. Yeah, I, I understand that completely. Except for the fact that I don't think you can spit out randomly that the Packers aren't the last in, in the NFC North as far as wide receiver court. Like, I am shocked you put them above the Lions. Like, that blew my mind. But the thing is, like, the caveat is – Darna Mooney is the second best receiver in the in the NFC North. I I, I will say that right uh, now. He's the best receiver in the NFC North. He's better than Adam Thielen. He's better than Amon Ross St. Brown. He's better than DJ Shark. He's better than Alan Lazard. He's better than Sammy Watkins. He's obviously better than a Krisha Watson, who's, who's a rookie. Um, I, I don't I think you make a legitimate argument that Darna Mooney's the second best receiver in the wider in the NFC North. As far as like like Adam Thielen's been a really good red zone target, but as far as an all-around wide receiver. Darnamuni has proven not only is not like it's not just projection. Like Darnamuni has proven he can do it. Like dude had like 140 targets last year and had like 80 something receptions, like 1,200. Like Darnell Mooney is a legitimate top 15 fantasy wide receiver. And I've said that before. And I tell you right now because also his rapport with with Justin Fields is great. I mean that mm-hmm. like last year. You know, say what you want about Allen Robinson in the situation, like. Darna Mooney and uh, Justin Fields just clicked. Like they just clicked way right. more than he clicked with Allen Robinson. And I think the guy's going to take off. Now, to talk about the Lions a little bit, I, I do think that their wide receiver core is interesting. I think Amon Ross St. Brown's a really good player. Now, DJ Shark is a player who's kind of regressed since his 1,000 yard season, I think in like 2019. And then they have Jameson Williams, their first round draft pick, who should be healthy uh, after the ACL tear to start, you know, relatively soon in the season. So I, I think they have something going for them. But to me, it's undisputed that the Packers have the worst wide receiver core in in the NFL. I mean, in the NFL, like you have a rookie in Christian Watson who is very, very, very raw. Like Christian Watson could be very good, but he is going to need time to polish his game. And that's something we t- like. This isn't just me saying this because he was drafted to the Green Bay Packers. If you remember our wide receiver proce- uh, prospects breakdown back in April, I said that exact thing. I said, I like Christian Wat- Watson's raw athleticism and talent, and it could be there in a couple years. But he went to North Dakota State University. A lot of things I saw on his tape was him running away from defenders. I didn't see a lot of route running savvy. I didn't see a lot of great ball skills. Like, that's going to need to be improved. But I, it's just funny to me that, like, as we do this, you know, the narrative for weeks and for months has been the Bears, you know, no help for Justin Fields and no help and, you know, terrible wide receiver core. And they're not even last in their division, according to both of us. So that's just it's just funny to me how that's the narrative that, that keeps going around. And, you know, there's people talking about the bears having a worse wide receiver core than uh, the NFL, the, the prison system because of all the wide receivers that are in prison and stuff. And there's jokes going around about that. I'm like, Jerry Here, Judy. like yeah. this is where we're at. So, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, just with yeah. the lions, it's just so much like Chark is coming off like a broken yes. ankle. Yeah. Williams already said with mm-hmm. the torn ACL, like Good point. It's just, it's hard for me to put the Lions higher level because it just so much projection goes in that. 
can St. Brown do another year? Like, can he take that next step? I don't know. So mm-hmm. it, that's just why, because at least you know what Lazard is, and at least you know Randall Cobb can kind of get it done, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, this was gross. This was a gross uh, yeah. ranking to put together. The wider series on the NFC North are not great, except for the Minnesota Vikings, because Justin Jefferson, to me, could be the best wider series in the NFL uh, this right. year. And you can show that. But let's go to tight end. This is where uh, I-, I was a little interested by this one. So we both obviously have the Lions number one, okay? Uh, TJ Hawkinson is, is a top five tight end in the NFL, yeah. arguably. Number two, I have the Bears. And number two, you have the Packers. I have Cole Komet. The, the, the thing about this one is depth didn't play a huge factor in this for me yeah, just because right. I looked at the tight ends on all the rosters and I was like, no one passed the number one is making an impact too much. Um, you have Packers number two, Robert Tyne, and I have the Bears, Cole Komet. Right. Number three, I have the Packers. You have the Bears three. And then we both have Irv Smith Jr. and the Vikings at four. So you think Robert Tanyan is better than Cole Komet is, and I think Cole Komet's better than Robert Tanyan. That's essentially what we're doing here, flip flopping the Bears sure. uh, and two and three, right? Make your case. Why do you think that? Uh, so this is more of just because of what we know about each guy. Like a year from now, that could be flipped easily. I think it will. Be. Um, yeah. And the thing is, like we know what Tanyan is. We know he has a rapport with Rogers. Mm-hmm. We know that he can get it done. Like he can catch and run a little bit. He can be a useful in the red zone commit it's you're going into year three now and we still really don't know what he is we don't he didn't really showed flashes of a rapport with justin fields a little bit but just couldn't really find it consistently i mean you were very critical about his you know his catchability in the red zone and you know securing touchdown catches and falling to the ground and making tough catches so i mean we my thing here is what we know already. What we know is that Cole Komet is still trying to find that rapport and still trying to find his place in the NFL. And with the Bears, Robert Tanyan already has that. Yeah, and there's truth to that. Now, Robert Tanyan had 11 touchdowns in 2020, had 586 yards. Uh, and then last year, he only played in eight games, had 204 yards and two touchdowns. The thing I see about Cole Komet is when you look at the difference specifically between Komet and, and, and Tanya, the fact is Komet has more yards than Tanyan has had in his career and he because Komet had like 601 last year or something like that zero touchdowns though so that's the difference is you, you got 11 touchdowns out of Tanyan in 2020 two touchdowns in 2021 like although he only played eight games like the difference is that the red zone ability now the question is is it red zone ability or is it the fact that when we got to the red zone the Bears were drawing up plays for Jimmy Graham sure. and Jesper Horstead but not Cole Komet. Like, but that's talk- also, that goes into it too. You know, the Packers Maybe. don't have that problem. They have that faith. Robert Tony, okay, he's going to be the guy. We, we're back to my original point. Like, we don't know what Cole Komet is. We don't know how he's going to be used. We don't know if he, if that's something he can do. We like, that's, we just don't know anything about him. He may, he, well, he, he's limited. He, he, He's already a little bit – we already know his limitations exist as far as his red zone ability. Like, he's going to make his money as a blocking tight end, as a guy who's a freak athlete who's going to get you, you know, intermediate catches. He's going to be able to run after the catch pretty well as a fast tight end. But when it comes to, hey, one-on-one on the outside, fade ball, you know, first down inside the five, like, Cole Komet's not going to be asked to do that the way Jimmy Graham was asked to do that at age, like, well, that's Well, that's the thing. But, now but now in a mean- different system and he doesn't have to be that you type, like – can, do we see that change? I mean, we might see Luke Getzey say, all right, go put some moves on somebody and get some right, separation right. and we're going to get you the ball. So that's like that's what I mean. We don't know anything about anything with Cole Komet right now. 
Yeah, exactly. Which is why I, which is why I'm comfortable putting it at number two because again, he has he he has the ability to have more yards. He has the ability to get more receptions than Robert Tanya. The only thing that we're the the reason why you have Robert Tanya as a better tight end is because of his red zone ability. But we have to evaluate Cole Komet the same way we evaluate Justin Fields and the fact that okay, we talk all this about how Justin Fields and the offense was limited by and, and held back by Matt Nagy. Well, that applies to a guy like Cole Komet as well. I mean, it, yeah. I, we, we, it has to apply to everyone. And yes, I will. And people are going to say, well, Kevin, you've been talking about Cole Komet is, is not your favorite pick since the year he's drafted. Yeah. Because Antoine Winfield Jr. Was the better pick at the time. Do I yeah. still think Cole Komet can be an efficient tight end for you? This isn't in day and age in the NFL where you need a top five tight end to win the Super Bowl. Tyler Higby is a mid tight end and the Rams win the Super Bowl, right? Like it just, like, it just doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's not an essential component of your offense in this day of the game. It's just, it's just simply not. If he can be good enough, give me 700 yards and four touchdowns, maybe five, maybe, maybe six, let's say 706. That, that makes your second round pick for Cole commit worth it. Cole commit. It, it makes it a hundred percent worth it. So sure. I think again, it, it's interesting though, because I do, you know, as you say that, like, I'm kind of interested to see what Luke Getzey does with Cole commit. I'm interested to see how he draws him up in the red. zone instead of just pulling him off the field, because how many opportunities did he get? Like, think about how many opportunities right. the ball was thrown to him in the red zone. Like, I don't think I like we, you, the first play that comes to my mind when you think about red zone Cole Komet was the play in 2020 where I don't know if it was you or Chris Nano at the time who predicted Cole Komet to score a touchdown in, in that man. game. It was you. Yeah. And you made some guy who listened like $2,000. But that yep. was a great reception. Yeah, you know, and this is why Jake works for a betting show in one of the biggest networks in the country. Like, let's just, you know, that that's why. But, right, like those are glimpses. Right, the potential shows. Stuff. Right, the potential shows. So, um, obviously, Eric Smith Jr. and the Vikings at fourth. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, I don't have much else on that. All right, here we go. Offensive line. Uh, this is where things get interesting. Actually, not really. There's not too not much. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I keep saying it like, oh, this is where things get interesting. Well, not really. It's it's pretty clear cut here. I I have the Lions at number one. I think I think they're good. Uh, you have the Packers at number one. I have the Lions at number two. You have the uh, or I have the Packers at number two. You have the Lions at number two. So I have yep. Lions, Packers. You have Packers, Lions. We both have the Bears at three. We both have the Vikings at four. So let's talk about the Bears being at three here above the Vikings, but just below the Packers and the Lions. You talk about that gap that exists, and, and for certain position groups, the gap isn't large. I also would, I also don't think the gap is, is necessarily that large between two and three or one and three. I really don't. I think the potential, it's interesting how you evaluate this because it's, well, you know, what's the potential versus what you have right now? Right. The potential is the Bears could be fighting for that number two uh, spot to me in the NFC North as far as uh, offensive line. But right now, given what you have on paper, they, they have to be number three. Right. So it's kind of like how you evaluate things. So like I put the Packers number one because they have two elite tackles at left tackle. And right. right. Tackle. Their right. interior it's offensive really. line isn't the best. It's mm-hmm. average at best, but they have two top of the line elite tackles. Whereas the Lions, they're ta- they have Penny Sewell, who could they're be dead. awesome. Could be. We don't know. He was decent last year. Could mm-hmm. be fantastic. Don't know. Right. So that's an unknown. Can't. Right. Don't really want to work in projection land here. Mm-hmm. But they have a very <laughs> solid interior offensive line. So it's kind of like, what do you go? Personally, I value tackles more, okay. elite tackles more than interior offensive line because I feel like those are harder to come by. Look at the NFL. It's harder to come by a truly elite offensive tackle as opposed True. to a guard or a center. So that's why I have the Packers slightly above the Lions. Now, I think I think the gap between one and two is closer than two and three. 
Now this could change. Mm -hmm. My thing with the Bears here is it's so much unknown, and we've talked about this before. Have no idea what Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borm are. Hell, we don't even know what side either of them is going to play on at this point. Mm-hmm. We know that uh, Patrick is going to be solid at least at center. We, yes. know he can play. we know Whitehair is solidly above average, decently above average most days, week to week. And then you don't know what you're doing at left guard right now. So right. three out of the five positions right now, it's a question mark. And even to an extent, center is a question mark because Patrick, ha- it's not his primary position. So mm-hmm. we have to see how he acclimates to that position full-time as well as working with Justin Fields. So that's why I think that, you know, the gap between two and three, because Silva could be awesome, and even Decker could be great too. I mean, he like he's shown flashes in the past yes. as well. So, I mean, we could be here a year from now, and the Lions are clear-cut number one offensive line here. So mm-hmm. and, and then the Vikings are in hell with their offensive line. But I think the Bears, honestly, and it sucks, but I think the Bears are closer, unfortunately, to the Vikings than they are to the Lions right now, just because of the unknowns. That could change. Week mm-hmm. Come week two, That's that fair. could change. And Chevin Jenkins and Larry Borm could play awesome in the preseason and in week one, and who knows who the hell plays. Doug Kramer's at left guard maybe. I don't know. But, you know, th- things could shake out great. But as of right now, on June 1st, 2022, OTAs are the only things that we've had so far. Right now, I think the Bears are closer to the Vikings than the Lions. I think that I think that's a completely fair thing to say. Here come the Lions fans in the chat. Yeah, we, we put the Lions at number one in something, and here they come, you know, flexing their their Lions. I thought about pride. putting them number one. I, I put them number one. I put right. them number one. I mean, look, look, Frank Ragnall uh, is a very, very good center. Punishable is, we think, should be very good considering where he's drafted. And Taylor Decker's proved himself. Um, and, and then the Packers, you know, uh, again, the, the the interesting thing about the Packers and, and how you evaluate that versus, you know, think about how you evaluated the Bears in the past or, or really not how you evaluated, but what shaked out for the Bears in the past was the fact that injuries screwed them. And David Bakhtiari is coming off of a big-time injury. I think he had, I don't know if it was an ACL or a foot, but a big-time injury. And they say he's moving well in practice. But, you know, Elton Jenkins been injured. And then you look at John running at left guard now and Josh Myers, who's been, you know, pretty good. But then Royce Newman at right guard isn't phenomenal. Like, if they lose, if 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 Bakhtari is injured again, right? You know that that Packers offensive line is very very shaky. Agreed. So I, I kind of took health into effect just because those sure. guys have been sort of injured in the past, and you know the Bears have a lot of younger, healthier players, and you know Larry Borum's younger. Cody Whitehair has proven to be pretty healthy over time. Tevin Jenkins, yeah, I guess can't really make that statement for Tevin Jenkins because he's uh, sort of a lot of question marks when it comes to health. Um, and then Lucas Patrick, I guess is relatively healthy, but again, it's really, it's really the one hole where, you know, the depth chart on ESPN as the bears listed out uh, as Cody Whitehart at left Cody white hair, sorry, at left guard and then Dakota Dozier at right guard. So it's really just that one spot that is, uh, that's kind of killing you. But also there's been talk about Braxton Jones, Zachary Thomas, potentially sliding in there to one of the guard positions and, and one of your young rookies sure. being, and you maybe you have a gem on one of those young rookies. Like we can't rule that out either. So um, again, you know, it, it's pretty, as far as where the bears slot in, there's not too much debate. Both have them at three Vikings at four. I have Packers at two lines at one. Jake has lines at two Packers at one. So um, pretty much settled there with the offensive line. Again, at least they're not last in the division. We've gone through how many position groups we've gone through like five position groups now, and the bears have not been last in any of them in either of our rankings. So that says, mm-hmm. so, I think that says something. I really do think sure. that says something about how you evaluate the roster. Um, let's move now to the defensive side of the ball. And this is where things start to look a little bit better. As far as our rankings for the Chicago bears, we go safety here. Uh, I have my rankings go as follows Packers, one bears, two 
Vikings three, Lions four. Jake has it a little bit different, actually a lot of bit different. He has Packers one, which is similar to me. He has Lions two, interestingly enough. I have uh, he has Bears three and Vikings four. So Lions ahead of the Bears here. That shocks me because I did not see enough from the Lions secondary, include that being Tracy Walker, who's solid, or you know Deshaun Elliott to, to put him above what I think is going to be a more 2018 form than 2021 form of Eddie Jackson and a really, really good rookie in Joquan Brisker. Is it because Joquan Brisker is a rookie that has you thinking the Bears might not be at number two like me? Yeah, so this is kind of goes back to how I approached all of these rankings was more of what we know and not trying right. to project what's okay. going to happen. Um, and that's like Elliot and Walker, like you said, solid. Like they are, they're not great. They're not going to, you know, win you any games, you know, every week. Maybe a couple game saving plays here or there or whatever, but they're just solid. You can count on them to be solid and at least average. Like their floor is pretty high. Their ceiling might not be astronomically high, but their their floor is solidly decent. So that's kind of where I, why I put the Lions second. Um, the Packers, I think we both know why we put them one. Amos is an elite safety, and no matter who they put next to him, he's going to elevate that play. Um, the Bears, it's just I hate to feed into projection too much mm -hmm. here. Um, yes, we hope Eddie Jackson can bounce back, but we have no idea. Problems tackling, no takeaways basically in the last couple of years. Like he's just, he's looking for a career resurgence and we can't bank on that. Yeah, we'd love to see it and it would be awesome. And we're hearing the right thing so far, uh, but I can't bank on that. Same with Brisker. I think he's going to be good. I really like him as a player. I loved him at Penn State, but I'm not going to project a rookie to be huge, a, a huge contributor to this team so far. Now I have the Vikings four because yeah, Harrison Smith's great. Elite, uh, they have himself. I feel like right, and then who do they have? They basically me next to him. You know, yeah, they got, so they got it's, rookie. that. That's why I have the Vikings for. Yeah, the, I have the Vikings at three, just because uh, I think. Although I do believe, I wouldn't say Harrison Smith is a shell of himself. He's not the All Pro safety he used sure. to be. Uh, he's getting a little bit older. His skills, his ball skills, aren't what they used to be. His tackling skills aren't what they used to be. And then they have another rookie, Lewis C, next to him. So it's like you have to evaluate the Vikings the same way you evaluate the Bears. I just think that Harrison Smith and a possibly. Solid rookie in Lewis Seen is better than what the Vikings have in Deshaun Elliott and Tracy Walker. But I, I definitely do think that, that those two could be flipped. But the thing about the Bears is, you know, I like I really do think this like if like we could get to week three and this could be undisputed sure. Bears number one. One thousand percent. Like that's, one thousand percent could be. But also it could be it could be the complete opposite. And know. Eddie Jackson's getting burned. And yeah, Brisker wow. might be solid. But Eddie Jackson might be getting burned. There might like you know, or he might be injured again. Like it's there's yeah, there's always that possibility of him being injured. And but the, I would I would err on the side of caution when you talk about Eddie Jackson's regression continuing because all signs point. Well, to not even if he regresses, even if he plays at the level he did the last two years, though you're three. Not yeah, it's 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 it has been great, but. Okay, think about what you have now. You have a true strong safety next to him that's going to allow Eddie Jackson to stay out of the box and let him be the, the roaming center field, you know, free safety that he is, which is what made him great in 2018. You have a Adrian Amos type player in Jaquan Brisker next to him, and then you have a Matt Eberflus defense and a coaching staff that's going to, you know, improve him, you know, in a lot of ways, in my opinion. Like tackling, like, and everyone's going to talk about the tackling. And Eddie Jackson said something to me that was really interesting. 
And it was last year, and everyone made a big deal out of it. He said, what do you say, tackling doesn't matter for our position or something? You remember when he said that? He said something along the lines of, like, tackling doesn't matter for my position or something. Something like that. Something something along those lines. Um, Something like that. The bottom line is he's right to an extent. If he has the guy next to him where he is not being put into a position to tackle, then it doesn't matter. Like you don't sure. need, don't don't put Eddie Jackson in position. Like he he will plays will occur, things will happen on the football field where Eddie Jackson will need to make a tackle one on one. As long as that's not happening numerous times in a game, then he's right. Like put him in a position where he doesn't have to tackle. That's not his strength. You talk about and we talked about for years, Jank. Jake, what do you have to do as a coaching staff? Put together the strengths of your players and put them in a good position and, and, and put them in positions that tailor to their strengths. That's what you have to do. And for Eddie Jackson, that means let him, you know, stay back and cover two. Let him be a, you know, single high safety, free safety who needs to make a play on a deep ball. And, and this is what Eddie Jackson does. So I think we could see if I think Jaquan Brister is going to be an impactful player early. I think I really I I think this is a player who is going to make an impact instead of needing more time to develop. Of course, every rookie needs to develop, and Jaquan Brisker has aspects of his game that he needs to improve in. I think these two are going to be a force to be reckoned with very, very, very early on, and I think this could change. But right now, obviously, because of what the Packers possess in Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, we have to put them at number one. Those guys are proven. They've done it, and we have sort of unproven uh, with the Bears, the Vikings, and then I guess sort of the Lions. Um, so. Safety, we're kind of we're, – we're, we're sort of in agreement. I have the Bears higher than um, Jake does. But let's move now to cornerback where this is another one where I think by week three this could change. Um, two sure. – so I have Packers one, Bears two, Vikings three, Lions four. You have Packers one, Bears two, Lions three, Vikings four. So we both have Packers, Bears one, two. Let's talk about the Bears being number two over the Vikings and the Lions. Is it your faith in Kyler Gordon? Is it because you think Jalen Johnson is that good? Is it a combination of both? Because the depth with the Bears isn't <laughs> comparable to some of these other teams. Well, it might be, if you depending on how you evaluate Tavon Young and Thomas Graham Jr. But talk about the Bears at number two here and why you have them uh, second in the NFC North. It's a lot of Jalen Johnson. And a lot of Jalen Johnson, my thought that he could be an all-pro if his trajectory continues. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not first team, but pro- like I could see him being a third-team all-pro. And I do think Kyler Gordon could be a very solid player and playmaker for you this year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, like the Packers have I, who I, I similarly like one all-pro stud, Rasul Douglas, I think is going to be great. And then you know on the opposite side, at least an average. Eric Stokes was good last year for them as a rookie, but he still right. has a lot to prove. Does he take that step? So it's right. kind of similar uh, situation. Right. But uh, I, I give the Packers the edge because Stokes does have that year of experience compared to Gordon, as whereas yes. Gordon's going to be a rookie. Uh, yes. Even though I do think Jalen Johnson could be an All Pro. Yeah, I mean it's it's a combination of both. I think Gordon is going to be very productive. And I think the Bears will put him in a position to be successful. And then Johnson, I think his ascent continues. Uh, one thing I will say, mm-hmm. if Gordon struggles, and maybe if Johnson plateaus, I don't think he'll regress if he plateaus. If Jeff Okuda comes back and pops, the Lions could very easily be two on this list. If. Big if. But they they could be at number two. Obviously, I did these yeah. rankings without doing projections. And I'm, what yeah. we know as of... June 1st, 2022, like I said in the last couple position groups. But I'm just saying, the Lions do have potential to move up on this list. And, you know, by week three, like you like to say. Amani Orarie, Amani 
Oruwarie. Let me try that again. That's a tough one, man. I feel bad for some of these announcers that have to do this every game, and and yep. they just nail it. Uh, Adam Amin, who is on this show, I'm sure he feels uh, sympathy for that. But, you know, they have some guys who have played uh, Oruwarie, played really well, <laughs> but it's just not there. Now, here's the thing that – oh, look, I have the Bears at two, and I think the gap between one and two is extremely, 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 extremely small. And I'll tell you why. I agree. Because the, I'll depth, agree with that. the depth beyond the Packers is, is 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 abysmal, in my opinion. And the reason why is because Rasul Douglas had, like, four pick sixes last year. Mm -hmm. But he's also – he was a player who, you know, he was traveling to different teams in training camp where the Packers picked him up, and he just had, like, a miracle season. And sometimes this just happens, man. Like, I'm trying to think of other examples of that, where guys who are a little bit older who think, you know, you know, they think they're out of the league, a team picks them up, they're in the right spot, and they just have a miracle season. And odds are it typically doesn't continue after that. And, and I, I think Rasul Douglas can make an impact. Do I think he is a legitimate CB3 for another year? No, I don't. I, I don't. So now, now compare that to the Chicago Bears and why I think the Bears could have been number one if, you know, if Kyler Gordon is what we think he is, is because I really – this comes down to my faith in Thomas Graham Jr. And I I think I will I'm sure, die I on the Thomas Graham Jr. Hill, but I, it's this isn't just projections for him. Like this is we have tape, we have evidence, we have the game Seattle game footage, and the Vikings game, man. Yeah. It was that game that popped out to me where I was like, Thomas Graham Jr., he's it. Like th this guy has it. I mean, that was Monday night football. Yes, the Bears weren't good at the time. Yes, it wasn't a high stakes game, but he was thrown <laughs> into the fire in that game. I think that might have been the first game he played. Where he I think it was. That it was an injury-ridden secondary. You had this this six-round rookie, Thomas Graham Jr. Let's throw him in there and let's see what he does. And he slots in there and he freaking balls out. And if you go back to our projection of Thomas Graham Jr. back when he was drafted and we had Chris Nano on this show, um, he was talking about Thomas Graham Jr. potentially being a first-round pick before he had opted out his last yep. season. And that it's just the way it shook out. The Bears got a steal. Thomas Graham Jr. is a legitimate CB3. And if he is what he, I think he is, which I think he is, then the Bears have the best depth at the cornerback position in the NFC North, in my opinion. And if I told you that three months ago, Jake, you would have called me effing crazy. But because we do think Kyler Gordon is a, is is not only a first round talent, but a guy who can make an impact day one, kind of like how Kyler Fuller did in his rookie season, then you have a real like, and we think Jalen Johnson's an All Pro cornerback, which is merited. Mm -hmm. There's there's reasons to believe that. Then. Yeah, the Bears could be number one because also Tavon Young in the slot is a is a solid pickup from the Ravens. It's and, one of the underrated free agent signings. So, and then I mean Duke Shelley, we rip him apart, but if he's your fourth or fifth corner, that's par that's perfect. That's that's exactly yeah, that's where you want him. Yeah, I agree. Everything you and said, it, I agree. We have Don Burr in the chat talking about the lion. You know, I mean, on. it's I mean, Bears Nation know, podcast. I don't know. I don't know what you think podcast. this is. Read I mean, read but, read the title. But, Read the I'm, title I'm, of the show. I'm just not gonna talk about Mike Hughes and Jeff Okuda as as guys and, who and, are. And I was like, and I said Okuda, if he pops, if he comes back and lives up to that billing as a third overall pick, yeah, they can flip. This isn't a Lions show. Yeah, <laughs> move it, to the next position. Possible. It's possible, but it's not likely. Let's go to linebacker. So okay, this one, um, I had a little. So the problem is with this one, um, it, it's. It depends on the scheme, right? So, like, right. It depends on what this you. It, it as depends. like interior linebackers. So, like, right. say, for example, 
Preston Smith is listed as, you know, an outside linebacker. Specifically, he's listed as, you know, the weak side linebacker, but he he, he adds rushes, you know. So I, I included him on the pass rush side. So right. that kind of affects us. And the next one, if you guys take a glimpse here, is pass rush. So when I talk about linebackers here, I'm talking about your interior linebackers, the guys who are playing at the top of the defense, not the pass rushing guys. Like if you take last year, like Kalumak would have been listed as an outside linebacker, but he's included in pass rush. So that's why I have the Bears number one. Vikings two, Packers three, Lions four. Jake has Packers one, Vikings two, Bears three, Lions four. The reason I had the Bears number one is Rokon Smith is that dude. I think he's the best linebacker in the game this year. Uh, he's the best interior linebacker in the game. I think he's going to be an all pro. I think he is finally, he, he's had the numbers to be an all pro. And it just hasn't, you know, they've taken guys who have been on winning teams. I think that's what it was. It's like Fred Warner's on a winning team, even though Bobby Wagner was on a winning team. So I don't know the explanation there. But the reason I had the Bears number one is just because I think Roquan is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. I think Nicholas Morrow is a perfect pair to him, an athletic guy who's, you know, who can kind of do it all as well. You're going to have a fast linebacker core. I like the Bears at number one. You have them at number three explain yourself and tell me why I'm wrong, I guess, for having them. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I just think it's everyone else outside of Roquan Smith is so unproven. And, you know, now Robert Quinn's got his hand in the dirt as opposed to standing up. So it's just kind of like, yes, Roquan Smith's awesome. I agree with you. I think he's one of the best linebackers, if not the best linebacker in football. It's just uh, Nicholas Morrow is here on a one-year deal for a reason, you know? Yeah. Like it's And all these guys behind them are here on one-year deals for a reason. So it's, and I've said this over and over, like, I'm waiting to see what we have. I'm not going to try and project what these guys are because, you know, if Nicholas Morrow, God forbid, blows out his knee, you know, in the next round of OTAs and of camp, then what, you know? So it's like right. Roquan Smith's the only thing you can count on right now. Whereas I put the Packers one because they have three or four really solid guys. And their depth is good. I mean, despite and, the, and the interior Smith, though, look at the interior. So you have Devondre Campbell, who's. Man, you have Quay Walker, who's a rookie, and then right. you have who else is who else is playing that? I mean, who else is playing interior there for you? Like it's also just they're, like they're what three four defense. What, so right, the the scheme matters, <laughs> and it's like how things are being run for like each team. Like the Vikings have a different scheme. Like it, that's where things get kind of wonky here. Yeah, I mean, like if you just think about. I mean, again, with so the Vikings. So this Don Burr in the chat says Bears number one. Anything right now is Homer talk. I, I disagree because who do the Vikings have past Aaron Kendrick, Eric Kendricks, right? Who do the Lions have past um, whoever they have in the interior? Alex Anzalone and Gerard Davis. Like, you, come on, don't don't make a case that Alex Anzalone and Gerard Davis combine are better than Roquan Smith. And then the Vikings, like I said, Eric Kendricks, and then it's you know Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks, you know, throwaway from you know the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pack. Like, I think this to me, like. It's close. Like the gap isn't huge, but just because of yeah. how good I think Roquan Smith is, is why I put the Bears at number one. And it's the same conversation we had when we talked running backs is the weight of that guy being that good plays a factor more sure. than, you know, the, the depth along the way. So that's why I think the Bears are number one here. Lions, obviously, number four. Um, and then, you know, everything else is kind of kind of in the mix there. But that's why we have to go to pass rush now, because this is where, you know, it, it's hard to evaluate these things with the scheme. But pass rush here is pretty self-explanatory. You got, you know, for the Packers, you got you got guys like Preston Smith on the outside. You got Rashawn Gary. Vikings have 
Harrison or not Harrison Smith, sorry, Zadarius Smith mm-hmm. and uh, Daniel Hunter. And the Lions have basically no one outside of Aiden Hutchinson, who is, you know, a rookie. But the Bears here, I have it three. We have the same exact list here. We have Vikings one, Packers two, Bears three, Lions four. Talk about the Bears being here at number three. I mean, it's self-explanatory. Robert Quinn's the only guy. I mean, Justin Jones, we hope, can be something. He's never been able to stay healthy. Uh, but Angelo Blackson, Mario Edwards Jr., oh, like, stop, maybe stop. they pop. But maybe Kyrus Tonga continue. Like, it's Robert oh, Quinn's Tonga, the only guy. And, and Robert Quinn might not even be on the team. Like, we, like they're not trading him. Do you think they're going to trade him? They should if you're smart. If you could get a draft pick for Robert Quinn, why not? What's he doing other than wasting away here? He's he's getting the franchise record in sacks. That's what he's he already doing. did it. Okay, great mission accomplished. Get him out. <laughs> no, no, because if you sell at the, win, sell it, the highest point you can. There, there's a certain point where you you got it. You got to keep a guy like that. Like we can't just sell everyone. If you look at the roster outside of Robert Quinn from a pass rush standpoint, it ain't great. You got Al Kadinu Muhammad, who I think is actually a very underrated player. He could Let, be let's good. talk about that. He could be good. He showed flashes of improvement in Indianapolis. Uh, he wasn't on the field a whole lot, and he still collected six sacks last year. He's coming back to the Matt Eberflus defense where he will have a larger role, and I think he will be a large contributor. Do not sleep on that free agent pick. We think Travis Gibson can be something, but if you lose Robert Quinn on the edge there on the right side, you're it gets it gets really, really messy. And now let's say this. Dominique Robinson is a player who we did a breakdown on and is going to be a very legit player for the Chicago Bears. Maybe not this year, but in the coming years. He is a former wide receiver, insane athlete. We did a breakdown on him. You check that on our YouTube. But this guy can freaking play. And Matt Eberflus would be dumb not to put him in on certain situations. Put him in on first down. Let him make a move. He has to figure out his pass rushing prowess and, and some slight moves and swim moves and things like that. His, his hip mobility and his flexion isn't great when you talk about rushing off the edge. But he's a freaking athlete, a freakish athlete because he played wide receiver. He played quarterback in high school. He can do everything for you. But, again, the starting guys there for the Chicago Bears, just they're, they're, they're number three in the NFC North. There's, there's just no debate about it. The yeah. Vikings are obviously number one. They pick up Zedaria Smith in the offseason. Daniel Hunter at his best is one of the best in the game to do it um, as far as getting after the quarterback. And then the Lions, I don't know why we have the Lions fans in here yelling. I mean, what fan. Do you, uh, fan, Romeo Okwara. Yeah, this, this, is, this, is, Hill, this is very Parker, funny. What are we talking about? Three here? guys listed who had seven and a half sacks combined. I have, a, I have an answer for that. Robert Quinn had 11 more than that by himself. Okay, yeah, like, what are we doing uh, here? Aiden Hutchinson had zero snaps in the NFL last year. Relax. It, yeah, yes, if Hutchinson pops, sure, maybe the Lions move up. I mean, but, he will pop, but even if he does right. pop, like, he's the but, Again, this is, like, this is like, as of right now, Robert Quinn is on this team still, had 18 and a half sacks by himself, moving on. Again, it's Bears Nation podcast. Go find Lions Nation podcast if you want to yell into the it's, voice. There's probably something out there. There's probably Lions Nation podcast out there. Well, maybe not, but um, Don Burr is probably going to start one uh, the, the way he's he's talking in this chat. Let's go. Now, uh, we have two position groups left, all right? We have kickers, which I got lazy here. Finally, the Bears get a number one. <laughs> the Bears get a number one. The Bears get a number one. Okay, so we have the Bears are number one. Packers number two. I have Vikings number three. Lions number four. There's really not not much to break down here except for the fact that Carol Santos is the best kicker in the NFC North, and I think that is a hundred percent facts. And debate a wall if you agree differently. Yeah, I mean it's Santos. It's like it's 
I mean, Mason Crosby is always going to choke in the clutch moments. Matt Prater is, you know, basically ghost coasting off his legacy at this point. And the Vikings have a nobody. Like, it's, yeah, this is not non-negotiable. Yep, non-negotiable. Um, now, Mason Crosby, how old is that guy now? He's like 30. Like a million. A million. Now, okay, so for the next one, um, well, again, I didn't put a picture on this one. If you guys are watching on YouTube, I just didn't take the time to find pictures of kickers. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> busy doing other things. I skipped punters, but I got a good one for the last one. So this one uh, is a very, very important ranking. We have the refs ranking. At number one, we have the Packers. And then there is about 57 miles of crap. And then at 32 is the Chicago Bears. You know, obviously Packers here at number one. It's it's no debate the way the refs affect the game when the Packers play. And, and act. And this is this is important because we've seen how refs affect games in the past. Well, th this leads perfectly Chicago into, Bears, did you see Cassius Marsh's TikTok? It's <laughs> very funny. Very funny. Is Cassius Marsh is he on a team? I don't. I don't anymore? think he is anymore. He's not on our team. I think but, they let him go. Uh, it, it's unfortunate for that guy that actually he might still be on IR or something or like some kind of injured list. IR, uh, he's not. Because didn't he get put on IR to end the season? I don't know. He's, he's not on the Chicago Bears. That's sad. that's for sure. That. Uh, sad. But that's going to be like Cash. That's his career, man. His career is is one play where the ref hip checked him and he got a taunting call. Like, unfortunately, I feel like that's what he's going to be known for. Um, but oh, yes, 100%. the refs here. And, and look, this isn't us complaining as Bears fans. These, this, this number here is the Packers number one, Bears 32nd in, in ref ranking. Although to be shit. fair, like you look most, at the numbers for the Packers. Like, to be fair, most teams most in the league are always going to say that the refs are against them. Most fans. Oh, yeah. well, most well, okay. Well, and all 31 teams aside from Green Bay is, is are are warranted to say that because yeah. the, the, <laughs> well, the Tampa way they probably treat, doesn't. Maybe, yeah. Any team that Tom Brady's on is probably not getting screwed by the refs that much. Still, it's it's um it's always a sight to see, especially in Lambo. When when you go into Lambo, you just you just know what's coming from from the officiating standpoint. But that's all we've got. So you look through all of this and just kind of sum it up here. You know, we went through every position on the on the offensive side, every position on the defensive side. After doing this and breaking it down and looking how they stack up against the NFC North, did this make you feel better or worse about the Bears roster? It pretty much just – it basically just reinforces what I've thought about the Bears, that, yeah, think if everything goes right, they could be an above 500 team, but more likely than not, they're going to be one or two games below 500, and they're going to be average, and they're going to be middling, which is fine. First year of a new regime, second year quarterback, that's fine. You know, then you got to see what you do the year after that and the year after that. Um, mm -hmm. But we were closer on a lot of this than I thought we were going to be. So I thought yeah. we'd be way different on a lot of stuff, but we and, were closer than I thought. Right. And and the thing you, you brought up multiple times that, you know, I think is really legitimate is, you know, there's a lot of untapped potential on this team. There's a lot of untapped sure. potential on this team. Okay. And, and that's why, you know, when you think about, okay, you know, maybe the, the ceiling for the Bears record could be 10 and 7, 9 and 8 is because that if that potential is tapped out the way you think it is and, and it reaches what you think it is, which, you know, doesn't have to be every player, every rookie is the rookie of the year. I mean, you, and every you can, you can count pro, who that's like, going to have to be. That's going to have to be right. Fields, Borum, Jenkins, Brisker, Gordon. And, and to an extent, some of your veterans too, Morrow, yes. Jackson. Yes. Mm -hmm. Quinn's gonna have to continue to play well, so it's, mm -hmm. it comes down to about ten guys, give or right. take. Right, and and you know, sitting here saying every one of those guys is going to you know take a leap, but will I? Like, 
I'm comfortable saying most of those guys, if not all of them, are going to be better than what they were the year before. Obviously, it doesn't apply if you're a rookie. But, again, <laughs> Easy to say. coaching matters, especially on the defensive right. side, when you have a guy like Matty Rufus in the building. And on the offensive side, when you have a guy like Luke Getze and anyone, you know, I don't care what their name is, as long as it's not Matthew Nagy, all those guys are going to improve, specifically the quarterback. And that's why you can go through roster all you want. A great quarterback elevates an inferior roster, uh, a bad quarterback de-elevates is not even a word uh a superior roster that's just how it works and that's the case that we made about the lions and you know the or not the lions the vikings and the bears when you think about Kirk cousins and justin fields but if justin fields takes is you know there's been reports that you know he's learning everything super fast he's taking the leave and matt Eberflus, of course he's gonna say this but he's talking about how much he's improved just in the two months he's been there there's videos of him looking at his ipad on a couch like if all these things are true and he is a 4,000-yard passer who adds to you 800 rushing yards, this is a, a 9-10 win team. And I think uh, although the roster isn't, you know, number one in a lot of areas, it's also not last in a lot of areas. And we we think it could be upper echelon of the NFC North if that potential is what we think it is. And, and what does that come down to? Is, is it a flip of the coin? No, it's not. It's will your coaches develop the players and put them in the right position at that tear show their strengths. That's all that's all that matters. Certain players just don't have it. And that might be the case for some guys, but you have to have faith that this coaching staff, compared to the last one, is going to develop these players, is going to put them in the right positions, and that will lead to wins. So I after doing this to answer my own question, I feel a little bit better about the Bears roster because until you break it down, until you see how they stack up against other teams, you can kind of just it's a lot of fluff. But once you start to compare them and realize, oh, maybe the gap isn't that big between one and two. Maybe it's smaller between three and four, things of that nature. You start to think, okay, this team's going to be competitive. They have an easier schedule. You know, anything can happen. So uh, that was fun, though. I like doing a little bit of rankings. No, not much to good. talk about until training camp comes around. So, And we know people love rankings. They just – they Absolutely. Is, and here, you know, the Lions have the worst roster in the NFC North. It, it, they have the worst roster in the NFC North. That's not even a question. And there's debate a wall. I mean, there's nothing that, – that's not <laughs> – that's not – this isn't a hot take. The the Lions have the worst roster in the NFC North. It's not – like, we're not debating this. We're not arguing this. There's there's nothing to argue about. That is a, a well-known – Also, also talking about the Bears being the worst team in the NFL, have you seen the Panthers or the Falcons or the Giants? Yeah, like they like, are – Have you seen some of these other the teams? Jets, the Jets? The, the Jaguars? The Seahawks? Like, have the you seen Seahawks? Have you seen the Seahawks who are trotting out Drew Locke on week one? Have you seen the Panthers who are shrouding out Sam Darnold again? Like, let's let's let that sit for a second. Give um, the Bears Drew Locke, and they are the worst team in the NFL, probably. Give but anyone, Drew Locke's not good. Give, give anyone Justin, Drew Give the Bears Justin Fields, and they're a competitive team. That's simple as that. Simple as that. Yeah, so, but no, that um, was fun. It was a good time. It was a good, I think you're right. When you go through position by position, you see some of the discrepancies aren't quite as big as you thought. So mm-hmm. it's helpful. I mean, I still think they'll be an average team, but that's why we do this. And that's why we're going to continue to do this as stuff happens and as training camp comes around. But to everyone, thank you for listening and watching. We appreciate it. This is Bears Nation podcast. <laughs> Just a reminder for people. This has been Bears Nation Podcast, though. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll be back later. As always, Kevin, a pleasure. Thank you, guys. See you next time. Bear down. Bear down.